Well, I was on some of this Wednesday night, but let me go back to verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for. Well, the long for, he wanted to see them. My joy and crown. Uh, his joy because he sees them serving the Lord and evidently part of his crown because the Lord will bless him, uh, give him crown for him. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Uh, then he says, I beseech Euodius and beseech Sintiki that they may be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, I kind of forgot on Euodius and Sintiki, but there's a lot of controversy on who these people are. Pretty much, they were a couple women in that church. But, there are some that teach that Sintiki was a man and Euodius was his wife. So, there is uh, a little controversy there. But I'm going to just put it down. I Probably they are a couple of women. But that they be of the same mind in the Lord. They were at odds with each other over something. Don't know what it was. Evidently it wasn't any, any doctrinal thing. It's just they were arguing, probably arguing. But it wants them to be of the same mind in the Lord. Listen, we can't, we can't serve the Lord in church if we're not of the same mind. You can't serve the Lord in your home if you're not of the same mind. That's why, that's why mixed homes have a real rough, rough road to hold. You got the husband that's saved and the wife is lost, or the wife is saved and the husband is lost. There's just not much way that that marriage and that home is going to ever come to any unity and have any peace. Uh, somebody, if one's saved and one's lost, One's a Baptist and one's a Catholic. Somebody's going to have to keep their mouth shut about what they believe. For there to be any peace at all. But you know, I think, Beverly and I, we talk. Our, our conversations always, I'm not going to say they degenerate, but they, they smooth out into conversation about the Bible, about the Lord. Every time we talk, I and mean, we can talk about other things, but that doesn't last long. We end up, we're talking scripture. Isn't that nice? That is so wonderful. And I feel my heart goes out to somebody that can't do that. And that's why uh, we ought not to be yoked up with unbelievers. We can't. But anyway, be of the same mind in the Lord. Uh, as I mentioned last Sunday afternoon, this is what unity of the faith looks like. What you, what you see here. That we're all in the same mind in the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And I entreat. Now I entreat, that is the language of grace. Not, not commanding, not hollering at. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. Well, now there's not any, any consistency or... Uh, of opinion about who the yoke fellow is. Is it Epaphras? Is it Sintiki, the husband of Euodius? There's one, one opinion. Uh, 
is he is sin take you a man? And if it's a man, is it Euodius's husband? And who is this yoke fellow? We don't know. So if we don't know, it doesn't do us any good to study it. We're not going to find out, not in this life. So, and obviously, it must not be a major deal for us to know it. Or we would know it. All right, so, uh, that's like those so-called lost books of the Bible. If the Lord wanted us to have them, we'd have them. That's not fatalism, but it's, it's the truth. We believe we have the, the complete word of God here in the 66 books of the Bible. So, so I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, uh, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. Now, is he talking about the two up there in verse two? Could be. Doesn't have to be. Could be. We just don't know. So won't you find out? Well, you can't find out if it's, if the word's not there, if the information's not there in the Bible, where are you going to get it? You're going to go outside the Bible to find it? Just, that's dangerous. So help those women which labored with me. And I think this significant note, he has women that labored with him. There wasn't anything untowards in that. They were helping him. Women work, do a lot. And they don't get credit for a lot. Uh, I don't know what what would we do without women in the Lord's churches. Wouldn't do much, I'll tell you that. <laughs> what would you do about about you without your woman at home? Help those women which labored with me in the gospel. With Clement also, when I, some say, well, that Clement was the Yoke fella could be. Now, what Clement is that? Well, later on, you run into Clement of Alexandria, one of the early men in uh, the first couple of centuries, and uh, he was responsible for a, a writing known as the Shepherd of Hermes, but I don't think this is the same Clement. Uh, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. We talked about that. How can Paul be so sure? Brother Paul, how can you be so sure that their names are in the book of life? He must be pretty sure of their testimony. That's all I can say. And there's some people you have no doubt that they're saved. Others you don't know. Others you know they're not. Okay, by, their, by their fruit you shall know them. So, And then he says, and this is right from a prison cell, Dank, dark, stinking prison cell. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's always. And again, I say, rejoice. Are you always rejoicing? Every time I talk to you, are you rejoicing? Are you always rejoicing? That's what he's saying there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Ha <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, you just don't know what I've got to go through. <laughs> there you go, the pity party again. Yeah. So, Paul was well qualified to tell you how to respond to adverse 
situations in your life. Because he's, he's done it, and he's certainly come out shining like pure gold. Rejoice always in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Now let your moderation be known unto all men. Uh, your moderation. Well, I think about six times that appears in the New Testament, that word. And the only time it's used as moderation is right here. The other times it's used as uh, patience. So moderation and patience, how can it be the same? Well, you've got to have a certain amount of patience or control to have moderation. Moderation means that you're not, that you're not head over heels involved in any one thing. Uh, it's all right. There's a fellow at work, work for me. Brother Hart and I were together. Uh, we had known him from school. When I was in Henry Clay High School, he went to school there. And I don't know if he's still alive now or not. He's a good old boy, but he, he needed a job, and we put him to work painting. Uh, I can't even remember his name now, but uh, I'll think of it after a while. But... I have never, ever seen anybody not involved in basketball to love basketball as much. You remember him, Dave? He carried a basketball with in his trunk of his car. And he's one, you tell him to do something, you'd say, gotcha, boss. <laughs> do you remember that? I can't remember his name, but we went to school together in the play. It didn't matter if it was on lunch or break. If there was a basketball close, you could get him in a game. And he had the stuff in his trunk. He was ready to go with basketball. That's all he thought about. Well, that's not moderate. It's all right to love basketball. It's all right. But is that is that who you are? See? Uh it's all right to love fishing. It's all right to love hunting. But is that who, does, that, does that identify you? No, we, we want to be identified with the Lord. Amen. I am the Lord's. He is mine and I am his. That's who I'm for is the Lord. So let your moderation be known to all men. It doesn't mean, look how controlled I am. Look how disciplined. No, that's not what it says. You let your moderation be known because you, uh, you, you moderate in front of everybody. That's what, that, that describes your life, moderation. And so it says, the Lord is at hand. The word in the Greek is angus. That means near. Now, is he talking about the second coming? I don't really think so. I think he says the Lord is near. Uh, David said something like, I've set the Lord always at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Remember something like that? I think that's what he's talking about right there, that the Lord is near. Well, Paul said, he's in thy mouth. The word of the Lord's in your mouth. 
Amen. Spurgeon says swallow. <laughs> so, so <laughs> anyway, now be careful for nothing. Now that doesn't mean that you let all just be wild. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious. People say, I have anxiety. You shouldn't have anxiety. Take that to the Lord. And have anxiety over nothing. We worry about things. And we ought not to worry about things. Do all we can do according to the word of God. And trust the Lord to handle it. That's what our instructions are. So if you're doing that, then we have no reason to be anxious. What's going to happen? I don't know. They're talking about Biden causing a civil war in Texas. Well, I, what if he does? What, what can I do about it? I do all I can do when I vote. That's, that's my civil responsibility, to vote, and I vote. And I think I vote the right way. It doesn't, doesn't always come through. But I'll continue to vote, and I will not vote for something I shouldn't vote for. Uh, I've some people even talking against Donald Trump now. <laughs> He's the only choice we've got. But... What can I do about it? I can talk about him. I can support him. Uh, be careful if you send any money through a credit card to any of them. Because they get a hold of your credit card and they start, they just about ram like me. Last, well, when he, the last time they ran, I sent $50 on my credit card to the Trump campaign. He didn't. He didn't get it. Well, somebody in his campaign did. And then about two weeks later, I sent another 50. And two weeks later, I sent another 50. Well, that's a lot of giving for me like that. I give to my church. I don't have money to give like that, but I, I wanted to support it, so I sent that. And at $150 total, that was good for me. I'm not one of your major financiers. Well, I checked my credit card. I said, honey, we've been charging a lot of stuff on these. I'm charging that. Oh, buddy, I called and found out. Instead of taking $50, they took 1000 And had taken another and another, and they were ready to take another one. They took $3,000 on my credit card. I sent them 150. Well, says you can't get a hold of a person. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You just got to do it at six o'clock in the morning. I got a hold of that credit card company. I said those are illegal draws. You stop them, and you send me all the criminal papers you want to. I'll sign them to do a criminal investigation. I don't think Donald Trump did that. He, he's not that kind of guy. But somebody in his campaign did. I mean, they were poised to take, I don't know how many thousands they were going to take. They would have ruined me. I mean, they do that to other people. Yeah. 
I don't know how many didn't catch it. Well, but I'll tell you what, they stopped it. And that is one beauty part of a credit card. Because you catch it in time, you, anybody rips you off. And, buddy, I'll tell you what, they ran a criminal investigation. I don't know whatever happened to it. But I got a letter of apology from that, from that uh, campaign. I don't know what they did with them. But anyway, guess what I don't do anymore? That now, if, if I see them out uh, and I feel like I want to give to them, if I've got a couple of dollars in my pocket, I'll give them to them. But no, you're not going to get me. Let's, I changed my number. Changed my credit card number. Yeah. Can't get that now. Anyway, uh, but I do all I can do. Pretty much votes about all we can do. If you're young enough, you get in the campaign, you want to pass out flyers for them, that'd be all right. Although we ought to be passing out tracks, but you know. Uh, anyway, but he says, uh, be anxious about nothing. What if, what if they bring a communist uh, revolt? And you know, communism or Marxism, uh, that's what it's actually called philosophically. It's Marxism, Karl Marxism. Uh, you know, by their own teaching, the only way they can take over the country is got to be through violent revolution. That's what that's the teaching. Uh, dialectical materialism is what it's all about. This presents and that clashes. And there's a violent revolution. And that's what they've done. They did it in Russia with the uh, uh, communist takeover. They did it in China, the Boxer Rebellion. That's how they took over China. That's how they take over a country. Well, look at all the commies we got working here in this country. We got them in office, in political office. What's that idiot from, from uh, uh, Vermont or somebody up there? He's been in there. He's, he's actually a member of the Communist Party. He got married in Moscow, Russia. And those idiots vote, vote, vote him into office. So, so what if something like that? I can't do anything about it. I can't do a thing. Am I going to worry about it? No. Well, what if, they, what if they come and shoot you? Well, then I'll be with the Lord. You know? Be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Like I said, when you see prayer and supplication together, generally prayer is a more general statement. Supplication is a more specific that you're praying for. So, and let with all thanksgiving. Well, be anxious for nothing, but be get thanksgiving for everything. <laughs> That's a whole different mindset, isn't it? Amen. Than being anxious, being, being uh, uh, what do you call it? Having an anxiety attack? Well, and let your request be made known unto God. And here's what we need to do about our request. We need to pray that God will make our will his will. Amen. 
And that will be our request. Amen. We pray for, Brother Lester prayed for wisdom and know, know the scriptures and retain them. Wonderful prayer, wonderful prayer. Paul prayed that, that you may grow in grace and knowledge and that we all may come in the unity of the faith. Wonderful prayers. And let's let those requests be made known. Just, Lord, give me a good car. Lord, give me a good house. Give me a, uh, that's not much praying there. Anyway, and as a result of all of that, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, if you have peace with God, you may receive peace from God. And if you are careful for nothing, let your prayer and supplication uh, with thanksgiving, be made known unto God, request, be made. And then the peace, you rejoice and rejoice always, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds, uh, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there, there's the secret to all that. You just have to follow the context. <laughs> and one thing leads to another. So well, how to get the peace of God? What if you take that out of its context I'm not sure you're going to give the truth of that. And a lot of people just take it out of its context and they put with it what they want you to have with it. But let's do it in context. Then we might see what the Holy Spirit wanted or when he wrote, when he inspired it. So finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, well, whatsoever things are true, well, whatsoever things. Truth. Well, things are true. Everything's not true. Evolution is not true. Millions and billions of years are not, it's just not true. They discovered some fossils in eastern Kentucky and said they were 300 million years old. wonder if anybody would ever think, how did you come about that? Did they have written on there 300 million years old? No. As uh, the brethren say, the only, now get this kids, all of us, the only thing you know for sure about a fossil. It died. That is the absolute only thing you know about any fossil. It died. Well, does it prove evolution? No, it doesn't. Does it prove that there was a worldwide flood? Absolutely. The fact that there are fossils and billions of them, maybe trillions of them, that proves there had to be a worldwide flood. That's the only way fossils are made, pretty much the only way fossils are made. Unless you get the rare one. We had a country ham. They weren't nearly as high as they are now. We found one on sale years ago. Uh, what, 15 years ago or something? Maybe 18 years ago. 
And I hung it up. And we just didn't cut it for some reason. When we find, I said, oh, we got to cut this ham. It was petrified. It was a rock. Wasn't it? I mean, it was a rock. Well, it didn't go through a flood. And that proves it don't have to go. It don't, and it don't take millions of years to make a, make a fossil. It just got to be in the right circumstances, right situation. Well, where do they find the majority of fossils? You know, as you drive along the roads they've cut through, going down to Camp Nelson, before you cross the, bridge, the river, across that bridge, you look at those cliffs on the side of the road. You've got all kinds of layers there. And that's limestone rock, and you tell it's limestone. Could just, it's just pressed together. It's just all limestone is. It's a, a, well, what do you call it? Sedimentary rock. We're just sediments, all right, pressed together. Do you know where they find most fossils? Between those layers. Now, how did those layers get there? Say, so, well, they didn't just blow in over millions of years. No, they got there during the flood. Didn't take millions of years to get those layers of rock. It just took a worldwide flood and the pressure and the sediment. You get those machines, those boxes got all kinds. You put sand and gravel and dirt and everything in them and got water. You shake them up. Get all that stuff up there and then just set it down and let it settle. In a matter of couple of minutes or less, everything will be in layers. Settles in layers. That's what happened during the flood. And so how those fossils get, well, they weren't fossils. They were mostly sea creatures and they got caught in the layers. That's the explanation for fossils. And it doesn't take millions of years to get them. They used to, I, this I started worrying about this when I was in science class. And I was, I was swallowing, the, drinking the Kool-Aid that they were giving me. So petrified wood really caught my attention. Their explanation was here. Well, a tree falls over in the forest. And for millions of years it lays there. And water with minerals in it washes over it. And finally, it just displaces, as the wood rots, it just displaces that, and it becomes a petrified tree. Now, wait a minute. I've never seen a tree lay there for millions of years. Matter of fact, I don't see a tree lay or lie but for a few years. Then it's a rotten, you can't, you can't even use it for firewood. A tree, when a tree dies, you only got a few, a few months to use it for firewood because it's rotten. And you've never seen one last 500 years or 100 years, 10 years. They're rotten. The wind blows them away. So how do we get all those petrified forests? Oh, a gigantic worldwide flood. Huge pressure. That's how it was. Anyway, 
But anyway, look, whatsoever things are true, don't be messing with that stuff. It's not true. Whatsoever things are honest. God's people are honest. I've always said this. A preacher or a pastor, the very least he ought to be is honest. Don't want to catch a man lying in the pulpit. How would you believe anything you said? There are many of them that lie. And they've got to word now to say about politicians, oh, well, they have to lie or they wouldn't get elected. Are we alone? You see where this world is? All right, so whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, that means right. Whatsoever things are pure, boy, that sure got to be searched for. There ain't much pure out there anymore. Beverly watched, I told her, watch this, this uh, just look at it, it was on. That channel that uh, MASH is on, what is that? Uh, yeah. yeah. They had an advertisement on there, a bunch of these, looked like women all dressed up, dancing around, all this stuff. Those aren't women. Those are men dressed up. Like that. And there's a guy, named, they call him RuPaul. He's got a big show that he puts on. Men dressing up like women. They've got to all be queer in a $3 bill. But for any guy calling himself a man dressed like, that's what, that's what the book of Deuteronomy is telling us about when it said for men to wear dress like men and women dress like women. And when a man dresses like a woman, it's abomination. When a woman dresses like a man, it's abomination. So whatever things are pure, that ain't pure. Anyway, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue. Now that's not asking is there, if there, is there any virtue. That's a rhetorical question. We know there is virtue. If there be any praise, we know all that is true. So, yes, the answer, yes, there is, and yes, there is. Then he says, think on these things. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue. <coughs> and it's hard to do that when you're listening to a bunch of blacks and whites Telling you to rape a woman. Isn't that what rap does? I don't listen to it. It ain't music. I don't care who likes it. If you like it, you need to get God to change your likes for you. Uh, I love old-fashioned music, old-time music, and I love bluegrass. But one time, Beverly and I were sitting, we had a, had a, a bluegrass uh, songbook with the words in there and we were singing which one was singing 
Knoxville girl. Well, I love that song, but I never paid attention to the words. And we started singing it. I said, oh, we can't sing this. This is bragging about a murder. About a man that murdered his girlfriend. Threw her body in the river. We can't sing this. We've got to be careful what we sing. Got to be careful what we listen to. Because it does have an effect. It really has an effect on our lives. So if there be any virtue, think on these things. Not those things. All right, now. Those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Man, Apostle Paul, boy, I, I'd say that to some extent, but not, not just open like he says it. I wonder what kind of life he had. And the God of peace shall be with you. But he said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Now you're helping me like you should have been at the start. Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. He's giving them credit there if they lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. It's not a point that I want to get something from you. Not that at all. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, I kid about that. Say that even means if, if you know why. But <laughs> whatever state, and it's not talking about Kentucky or any other state, whatever state I am, whatever, whatever condition I'm in, where is he? He's in a dungeon. Whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. Boy. Do you realize how many people think they want to be content and they're not? Some people are not content with anything. Doesn't matter what it is. They can nitpick on everything. They're not content with nothing. But we need to be content with where we are. Because where we are is obviously where God put us. Is God going to move us? He may. But we need to be content right now where we are. He said, and I know both how to be abased. That means to brought. Well, you got a baseboard down low. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound, brought high. And everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Huh. <laughs> Both to abound and to suffer need. Whatever it is, I'm there and I'm content. Can you say that? Come on now. Can we say that? If, I, if I'm abased, if I'm hungry. <laughs> are you content? Now that's not justifying laziness. Not at all. Sometimes we get in a position we can't help it. But Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can be abased. I can abound. I can suffer hunger. I can suffer a full belly. But I can do it all through Christ Amen. who strengthens me. Notwithstanding, 
you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Well, no, that communicate, that's from that word koinonia, that has not only fellowship, but it has money in connected with it. He said, you, you uh, did communicate with my affliction. You helped me out monetarily, plus your fellowship. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, that's when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you all only. Now listen, I've, I've seen mission work. I've seen people, God says he's going to do some home mission work. He's going to go here or go there. And spend two years going to church, church trying to raise support. I said, listen, you're going, I don't know, let's say a state, Missouri. Is there any towns around there? Yeah, yeah. I said, won't you just go on and get you a job? You won't need all that time to start with anyway. Time to go knock on doors and talk to people you got nobody to meet with. You get your job at a grocery store, sacking groceries, get your job at a service station, pumping gas when they used to do that. Guess what you'll do? You'll meet people. And your ministry is about people. In a small town, of course, I don't have them anymore, service station where you pump gas. Well, a preacher go there and get a job pumping gas, he meet everybody in that town. Next thing you know, he's got people coming meeting with him. So Paul said he had only one church. Well, anyway, I can talk more about that. Uh, now he says, uh, you Philippians, yeah, the beginning. For even in, th verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again under my necessity. So they're trying to help him, trying to support him. Not because I desire a gift. He's already said, I know how to be abased. I know how to be hungry. And I know how to abound. He said, I don't desire a gift from me, for, to me. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I want to see you flourishing before God. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Whatever they sent by Epaphroditus, he said, I, I'm full. Many, full of blessings. The things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Because what you've done is pleasing in the sight of God. And I'm pleased. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Boy, it would take some time to understand the depth of that. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. Now Roman Catholics cannot do that. Okay. Episcopalians can't do it. They've got all dead saints. They do. The brethren which are, are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Those aren't Catholic saints. Catholic saints can't salute you. 
They can't say hi to you. You can say hi to them, but they can't say hi back, hi yourself. They're all dead saints. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Brother Paul, how did you worm your way into Caesar's household and you're in a jail cell, in a dungeon? He said, the word of God is not bound. <laughs> the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Thus is the book of Philippians.